Our gospel for today is the Holy Gospel according to Mark, the ninth chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Six days later, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John and led them up a high mountain apart by themselves. And he was transfigured before them. And his clothes became dazzling white, such as no one on earth could bleach them. And there appeared to them Elijah with Moses, and they were talking with Jesus. And then Peter said to Jesus, Rabbi, it's good for us to be here. Let's make three dwellings, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. He didn't know what to say. They were terrified. And then a cloud overshadowed them, and from the cloud there came a voice. This is my son, the Beloved. Listen to him. And suddenly, when they looked around, they saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus. And as they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. You may be seated. Beloved family of God, grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. When I was in high school, uh, I had a chance to go up on a a houseboat trip up to uh, Rainy Lake, very similar to the trip that we took a few of our young people here from Calvary uh, this last summer. And and I remember one night we were sitting around a fire, and a, a couple of us had our guitars, and we were playing some songs, and our, our youth group loved the song Light the Fire that year, right? Light the fire in my soul, fan the flame, make me whole. Lord, you know where I've been, so light the fire in my heart again. And we would sing this over and over each night. This was the song that we clung to that year, that summer, that trip, and and. and Then, as we were singing on the horizon, we started to see these kind of flickers of green. And these these ripples of color starting to kind of come up over the edges of the sky. Now, as a 15-year-old boy, I thought what every 15-year-old boy would think in that situation, it's got to be aliens. (laughs) Right? I'd never seen the northern lights before. I had no idea what it was. All of a sudden, these green lights started to flow across the sky. I never knew there was such a thing, and yet my my youth director then began to, to point them out, told us a little bit about them, but ultimately said, keep singing and just enjoy the show. And so we kept singing. Light the fire. In my soul, fan the flame, make me whole. And these colors just kept exploding across the sky. It was the first time I could remember a a really transformative experience like that. In in Celtic spirituality, there's this concept called thin places. And it's these places and times where the veil between heaven and earth appears to be just paper-thin. They seem just right next to each other. Those times where heaven and earth seem to be right there. You can tell that you've you've crossed a threshold of sorts and there's no going back to the person that you were 
before. Once you see something like that, you can't unsee it. Once you've experienced something like that, you can't unexperience it, if you'll allow me to make up a word. I wonder if you've had uh, experiences of those kind of thin places in your life. Those places of resonance. Those places that you, places or times or experiences where you remember where something seemed fuller than it had before. Sometimes we experience these things in nature. Right? God's creation is full of these kinds of experiences. Sometimes we experience them in relationships with one another, right? That first time you meet your grandson or granddaughter, that first time you see a friend for a long time, those times in relationships where you're able to experience something deeper, deeper than usual. I wonder where you've had experiences with thin places in your life or where you sense God present in a new or different way, had a sense that, that after you'd experienced this, you couldn't go back to the person that you were before. We hear about one of those kinds of stories in our Gospel reading for today. Jesus brings Peter, James, and John up a mountain to a thin place. He was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white such that no one on earth could bleach them. I love that Mark includes that little description. Moses and Elijah, the great ancestors of law and the prophets, are there talking with Jesus. And for Peter, James, and John, this is a thin place experience. This is one of those experiences that they know as they are in it, that they know it's something they'll remember for the rest of their life. A place where heaven and earth overlap and the glory of God shines for them to see. But the thing about tangible signs of God's glory like that, those thin place experiences, is that they're fleeting. Like the northern lights, they're visible one moment and then gone the next. I love Peter's reaction because we all have this feeling when we're in those moments, right? Peter wants to hold on. He wants to bottle this up so he can carry this experience around with him and, and access that awe and wonder whenever he wants to keep that resonance with him forever. So he establishes the first ever Christian property committee. This is great. We'll build three dwelling places. We can live here forever. One for each of you. And that way these visible signs of glory can always be there. I thought of this this morning as we were driving out to church. I don't know how many of you saw the sun as it was coming up this morning. But after all the fog and haze that we've experienced, the crystal blue sky, the the sun's starting to come up. I was driving out here with Lily and Milo, my nine and five-year-old, and we just started to see that sliver of sun come up above the tree line. And I pointed it out, and they both reacted, whoa, look at that. And then their first response is, we got to take a picture. Right? We got to hold on. We got to have something of this moment that lasts into the next, something that we can hold on to. 
Right? We've all been in that kind of place, right? A sunrise, a sunset, uh, some kind of time where we got to take a picture, we got to hold on to this. But then when you show people pictures, what do we always say? Well, the picture doesn't do it justice. You kind of had to be there. Right? Those resonant moments, those times when we want to hang on to that feeling that we felt, that feeling of the Holy Spirit being within us, that feeling of God, God's presence made so real for us. Right? That's the nature of transcendence. That's the nature of the resonance is that they are fleeting moments. That's what makes them so powerful. I think those visible signs of God's glory are often quite fleeting. Just as soon as the dazzling white light shone on the mountaintop and His robes were white so that no one could bleach them, the cloud overshadows them. And a voice comes and says, This is my Son, the Beloved. Listen to Him basically confirms their experience. This is happening. This is real. This is not a dream. Jesus is exactly who He says He is. Listen to Him. And then suddenly they look around. And just like the sunrise or the sunset, just like a, a night where the northern lights are out, just like most outward visible signs of God's glory, it fades. And there was only Jesus to hear. And when those moments of transcendence fade, when we've crossed that threshold and we know we can't go back, we can't go back to, to business as usual, it's always Jesus that remains. They saw no one with them anymore, but only Jesus to hear. Once they cross this threshold, there's no going back. There's only going forward with the presence of Jesus at their side. Even though the visible signs of God's glory may have faded, Jesus remaining with them, walking down the mountain alongside them is a reminder of God's faithfulness. The reminder that Jesus' presence was with them before, was with them on the mountaintop, and remains with them after. This is the truth that we hold on to. That visible signs of God's glory may be fleeting, but visible signs of God's faithfulness never are. And the visible sign of God's faithfulness are the people who walk with us along the way. For the visible, tangible body of Christ who is with us in the ups and downs of our life experience, the community of faith that walks alongside us in love through every peak and valley. Today is the day in the church we celebrate its Transfiguration Sunday. We read this story because today is a threshold day in the church. And the bright, shining lights of Epiphany have faded and the long shadows of Lent start to appear on the horizon. So we're invited up the mountain with Jesus, James, 
John and Peter to be reminded of God's steadfastness, to be reminded of God's glory. And then with Jesus, we come down the mountain. And we look ahead to a path that leads to another high place, a hill called Golgotha outside the city wall, where with the disciples we'll cross another threshold and see things that we can't unsee and experience things that we can't unexperience. I don't know what we may encounter as we journey together through the wilderness in this next season. I don't know how God might encounter us and invite us to change or grow or cross over into something new. But we show up with one another. We show up as tangible, visible signs of God's faithfulness with one another. Because while visible signs of God's glory may be fleeting, visible signs of God's faithfulness never are. And so we show up with one another, bearing witness to the God who invites us to cross over, trusting that new life and resurrection is ours on the other side. And for that, we say thanks be to God. Amen.